Okay. Welcome to another edition of Grill. How long does it take, mister? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Thank you. I am uh, Bobby Stills. Uh, to my left is Miss Hello Echoog. Say hello. Hi. Say hello, hello. Hello. Oh, you're supposed to say hello, hello. Hello, hello. 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 It's so weird every time. Yeah. Okay. So this is a redo of episode, uh, what are we on, 13? Yes. We had a really good- Technically 14. Yeah. We had a really good episode with uh, the homie Sean Michael Maxey. He's a chef owner of a restaurant, opened up a couple different other restaurants, but technical difficulties. I am not an expert, as you all probably can tell by listening to me on this podcast. (laughs) Figuring it out. Figuring it out. Work in progress. We've lost our super producer, Keith, our fearless leader. By the way, happy birthday to Keith. He is now 40. I don't know if you want me to put that out there on the air. <laughs> it's out. It's out there. But whatever. Happy fuck bir- him. Happy birthday. Fuck him. He don't record my show anymore. And that's why shit gets fucked up. <laughs> Shouldn't say fuck so much. Anyway, uh, we are working on the episode. We didn't want to trash it and go ahead and re-record a new one. So we have some experts, expert audio nerds on top of it. Thank you, guys. I am not an audio nerd. I'm a nerd. I yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the show. Uh, we are recording. <laughs> we are recording from South Union, Seattle, Washington, Studio Two One Two. This is a production of the Soundcasting Network, and uh, we still don't have a sponsor. No, unfortunately. We will. I don't. I'm not worried about it. I just gotta get off my ass and talk to some people. Yeah. Should be good. Anyway, uh, yeah, that podcast should be coming to you uh, probably next week, maybe, hopefully. So maybe we'll get a week off. Hopefully. He's a great guest, or else we just scrap it. He's an asshole, <laughs> but he's a great guest. <laughs> he can be a grumpy guest, but he's, pre- he's pretty awesome. Very interesting, very interesting. <laughs> um, so uh, what we didn't get to... This is supposed to be a continuation of the show last week. What we did talk about on the previous episode that is not out yet is that Michael Pollan has a, uh, who's a writer, uh, he's an author, journalist, he's also a professor of UC Berkeley. um, And a documentarian. Yes, and an activist too. Uh, Yes. He wrote uh, In Defense of, oh, he wrote The (laughs) Aminor's Dilemma cooked which uh just had a netflix uh four-part series come out Mm -hmm. uh he also wrote uh in defense of food and uh yeah he's a big activist against big farming and he's a very anti-gmo very much so so what we talked about on the last podcast was it did come out on netflix i don't know like a week and a half week and a half ago it's a four-part series on earth fire wind Wind and air and air. What you sure about that? Yeah, you're super correct. This sounds like yeah. Captain Planet to me. It really does. Which I said on the last podcast. <laughs> um, so what we were gonna try to do was we were gonna try to watch the episode together, urge our listeners to watch an episode, and then we'd kind of go over it with uh, you, the listeners. But it was very interesting to us, so we decided we're just gonna kind of wrap it into the show. First, should we give uh, updates about work? Yeah. Um, Altura, let's Altura. go. Um, okay, so <laughs> the my coworker who's late all the time, she's late once again. And her and I had have another little chat. And finally, she's just like, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I know you're sorry. And I appreciate your apology. However, I need money to live. 
how does that help me? <laughs> yes, exactly. I told like, I told Hillel just to have her call you when she gets up <laughs> out of bed. Yes. And then you will hop on the bus and then hopefully she doesn't fall back asleep. It's the most irresponsible and bullshit like, I know. I've ever heard it's of. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how it's happened. Like, I truly do not get it. And I told her that. I was like, I don't understand why this is happening. Like, I, I want to understand and I don't get it. And please help me. Because it just doesn't make sense to me and it doesn't make sense to anybody else who works with you in the morning because it just puts all of us, you know, behind. Um, and she's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. And she gave, you know, a couple more excuses. And I was just like, I, you know, I, I'm hearing you and, you know. And nobody has went and talked to Chef yet. No, because, you know, nobody wants to get her in trouble because she is a great person and we all like her. And I was like, you know, and I. And I told her that and I was like, I don't want to go talk to Shelf, but I, you have me at that point of where I have to like, and she's like, no, I, 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 like, I, I, I told know. you, I told you already, man, leaving Chef out of the loop is wrong. Yeah. So you guys are all going to be fucked. Hardcore. <sighs> I know. I know. I know. Um, but she so she was like, all right. And she put out her hand and she's like. Shake on it. You have my word. I was like, do I though? Do I? What's your shirt say? Um, it's a live offensively Chuck Norris t-shirt. Chuck Norris always <laughs> lives offensively. Yes. What's your best Chuck Norris joke? Um, Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer. Too bad he's never cried. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite one is... Uh, Oh, shit, I don't know what my favorite Chuck Norris show um, is. Chuck Norris. How, how long? How how does Chuck Norris change the light bulb? I don't know. He jams the light bulb up into the hole, and then Roundhouse kicks the house. <laughs> 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 okay. Anyway, all right. Uh, honey hole. I mean, I I couldn't be happier right now, honey hole. I mean, I'm finally getting the respect a a cook like me deserves. Uh huh. I don't know. I got a raise, and that's awesome. Uh. Yeah, it, just in coincidence, the day that I got a raise is the day they started training me on other bullshit. Like, you know, whatever stuff that they deemed that I was capable of doing in their eyes. Uh, and uh, then they had me, the managers left. <laughs> One manager was not feeling good. The other manager decided he had a date that he had to get ready to for. And they were like, hey, buddy, can you do it? And I was like, what do you got to do? And they were like, oh, pretty much everything that we make you guys do before you leave early. Huh. And I was like, wow, so you guys don't do anything. And they're like, well, mm. we watch the line, you know. We observe. We talk to the talk to the night managers. And I was like, sure, man, I can talk to them. <laughs> do a great job better than you, probably. But I I digest. Uh, you digest. I digest. <laughs> Digress. You, was like, you did just eat a sandwich. And it was delicious. So, okay, those are our updates for uh, The Honey Hole and Altura. Yes. Visit both those places. Yeah. You, nobody comes in and sees me as much often. It's most ran, random people come in and are like, can't even recognize me in the back. They're like, what the fuck are you doing here making sandwiches? And I'm like, cakewalk, man. It's awesome. Uh-huh. Love my owners. They're funny. And uh, I can chill with yeah. uh, my employees. It's not too bad. You can't come visit me because it's. You're not yeah, open. Not open. Okay. So uh, any, do you want to explain about this sh- television show? 
Um, yeah. The so the first part of the series was about fire, um, and it went through four parts. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, kind of uh, intermingled through like an indigenous aspect, um, a science aspect, an industrial aspect, and a communal aspect. Um, and it. I thought he did like an excellent, excellent job. It's about an hour, what, an hour long. Yes, correct. You are yeah. correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and my favorite part personally was the indigenous aspect because I'm an indigenous person and that's <laughs> what I connect to most. Um, <laughs> but everything else was really amazing. If you guys are like haven't listened to the whole show, like every episode, hello is Native American. What else are you? I'm half Irish as well. <laughs> so yeah, she's she's deep in her Native American roots, which is you know cool. But uh, yeah, explain to the people what you know your feelings on that segment. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, uh, Robbie took my water. Um, <laughs> so they went to the um, to Western Australia and visited the Martu tribe. Um, which were, quote unquote, discovered in 1964 when the Australian government went and did were wanting to do missile tests in that area. Um, and then they were like, oh, there's this group of people there. Uh, we should probably not bomb this area. And so they moved them into this other area where other um, aboriginals were. And that's where they have been pretty much ever since. Oh, thank you. And um, in 2002, they after a 20 year battle, they got this land reinstated to them um, and they have been burning the brush because this is what they have been doing for thousands and thousands of years. They burned small areas um, and it kind of it replenishes, uh, replenishes the land and then they can gather. Um, uh, <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. You're killing me. <laughs> no, basically, they, basically they burn the bush. And what it does is that some animals will only come back and feed in that certain area after it has been burned because that they they know that um, there's new growth. And some of the animals are uh, coming back out after the fire because it warms up the ground. So they have to scatter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so um, the elders of this tribe, they have been teaching the younger generations about this tradition uh, because they have been living away from this you know, this practice for so long. Um, Interesting fact that they said about this tribe is that when they put them in the, <clears throat> those living quarters, those Christian living quarters mm-hmm. and started feeding them uh, white people's food uh, or uh, what do they call them? Europeans. Yes. Food. Uh, <clears throat> they started becoming overweight and uh, getting diabetes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then doctors had came in and said, you know, you guys. In the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s they came in and they discuss, they dis- discussed with the people that, you know, your bodies just aren't made for the processed food and the sugars and suggest that they go back to their old diets. 
And they said within six weeks, people had uh, lost a significant amount of weight and um, the, they'd been reversing their asthma and diabetes and all of the, mm-hmm. which is going on in the United States today, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my, one of the quotes that really hit me, um, one of the aunties said was, we were not made for processed sugar. I was like, yeah, we really aren't. Our bodies are just not made for all of this processed food. Well, in Australia, you don't, you don't find sugar cane isn't, that doesn't naturally grow there. Uh-uh. I mean, all, all the sugars that are found there are natural, you know, they're found in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And so we've brought in, so Australia has, is importing processed sugars, mm-hmm. sweeteners, yeah, corn syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's killing in the Aborigines down there. Unfortunately. That and alcohol. Unfortunately. So anyway, back to the fire. Back to the fire. Um, so she, she said um, that men cook. Um, it's not just the women that... It's not men hunt and women cook. You know, it's not just that kind of society. It's that everybody does everything. It's, you know, they they showed that these aunties were um, um, hunting and these men were cooking these. But the men were hunting as well. And it's just a beautiful way of doing this, this whole thing going out and being in the bush and being all together and being in this community and teaching each other how to be back in their roots, um, back in their tribal, tribal way that they've lost connection with. Yeah. Um, they said that, yes, they live five days a week in, you know, Western civilization, but that they also have a foot back in their roots because they go, you know, on the weekends back in the bush and that they do this hunting and this gathering and they, <clears throat> um, and they bring back all of this food for, for their no neighbors. Raw food. No raw food though. Yeah. All it's, it's all bring, it, it it's all, all gets cooked. Yeah. It's all cooked. Um, and it's pretty, uh, amazing how they, uh, cook it all in the wild. They cook it all open flame. Most of it's buried. Um, they cook kangaroos. What was it's, the lizard that it, they cook? Iguana. What Not it, iguana. Guana. <laughs> guana. 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 But they cook uh, and then wild turkey. Yeah. Uh, and they bury it all and they cook and they eat it all by hand. And they said they, you know, they don't leave anything out there. They take it all back home. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting. There is a shit. I was going to look it up and get for information on it. But Maria Hines, I believe, sponsors a or puts together a event during the summertime here in Seattle, Washington. Actually, it's, it's beast, uh, burning beast, burning beast. Yeah. And it is on, what's the name of their farm? Smoke Hills farm. I don't know, but the rules are each restaurant gets a, gets two weeks, I think, or a week before the burning beast, which is the event. They get dropped off a different type of animal, whether it be elk, um, trout, salmon, uh, Taylor Shellfish always does uh, oysters, um, but they have uh, yeah chicken, anything, wild game, quail. The rules of the game are you cannot cook, you cannot bring any 
anything to cook with. Mm-hmm. You have to cook everything and prepare everything out in the wilderness. Yeah. No modern technology. And it's one of the funnest events I've ever been to or ever been participated in my entire life. And the food is amazing. Yeah, I haven't so, gone to it, but it it's, sounds... It's super highfalutin and it's a bunch <laughs> of super foodies out there and a bunch of just people in the industry that are super into it. You know, shout out to my friends Jessica and Marcus for taking me every year. Well, they've taken me twice. But uh, thank you to them. But it's just nice. Uh, and this whole episode goes over, <clears throat> you know, cooking over an open fire. Yeah. Which I think is the best way to cook. But it's one of my favorite ways. Yeah. Yeah. So the second part, they go into uh, the science of cooking over an open fire. And they brought in your boy, Nathan Mirvold. Um writer of their modernist cuisine, uh, yeah. connection to Seattle. He also owns part of coffee flower, uh, coffee flower lab in Seattle. It's, it's formerly, uh, was formerly crush, mm-hmm. but they, they have a test kitchen there where I think I've spoken about before where they use the shell of the coffee bean yes, and, you cr- have. and create gluten free, um, food. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we get to peek inside his modernist, cu- modernist cuisine laboratory yeah, which uh, is awesome. Yeah, and he talks about, you know, what actually happens with a steak when you cook it over an open fire or meat, any meat for that matter. And what happens is is you, the fats and the drippings uh, fall down onto the wood into the infrared light that is shunned. You know, and that, I, I learned something about it. I mean, I knew this, but I learned something. It's like your meat is not cooking on the flame. The flame is not cooking. The flame, you can put your hand in a flame. Right. It's not that hot, Mm -hmm. but it's the infrared light coming off that burning wood that is actually cooking the meat. Right. So there's a chemical reaction with the fat that flavors the that that changes the chemical in the wood in the wood. And then and and therefore and therefore (laughs) therefore (laughs) changes the flavor in the meat. Um yeah, it's it's an amazing uh, episode. I think everybody should watch it. And then also there's the spiritual significance of um, the spiritual and the communal part of barbecuing. Yes. Which is one of my favorite parts of the episode. He went down south. Do you remember the guy's name? Ed, I don't. I want to say Ed Murray, but that was, one of, that was <laughs> no. our mayor. Uh, but he went down and he uh, learned barbecuing with, uh, with a, pit master. a pit master. And they talked about uh, how, where the term pit master came from, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, barbecuing brings people together, which it does. Oh, for sure. I mean, sure. I love barbecuing. Uh, you just sit around and you watch <clears throat> meat cook all day. You stoke a fire and you drink beer. Yeah, it's like. Whenever you hear barbecue, it's like, oh man, where? Where is that? Hey girl, how long's second mister? Four minutes. All right. <laughs> Heard. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, whenever there's a barbecue, it's like, oh, can I come? <laughs> it's like, what do I need to bring? Sorry I didn't come to your barbecue last year. Mm, I know. I was, I was a little hurt inside, but... You know, it's okay. I just, you know, I just didn't think you loved me. It's okay. Yeah. But one of the things that he had spoke about was, um, you know, the term pit master comes from um, the slave owners back in the day and how a lot of the barbecuing traditions were brought over from Africa. Yeah. Um, and the pit masters would have a pit boy and uh, the, the, the slave owner who's their master, well, you know, 
say that lightly, but um, would be in charge of the food, but would have the pit boy. So he'd be the pit master. Then you had the pit boy that's stoking the fire, watching the meat all day. And then the master would come over and check on it. Um, So it was passed down through generations and generations and generations. And they said that one of the only times that you'd ever see uh, black people and white people in the South actually working together, sitting, eating together was during tobacco farming season. During the harvest. Yeah, because it had to be done so quickly. It had to be picked at the right time. Had to be dried quickly. Quick, yeah. And they took all hands on deck. You're yeah. talking about all, all people from the city, all the people that lived, all the family members. On the plantation. Worked with the slaves. And since they're going to be there all day working, they would just roast, roast a shit ton of meat. Yep. Because there was, I guess, well, you know, I don't know how tobacco farming works or whatever, but... I guess there was a bunch of wood that needed to be burned anyways because they had to dry it. Yeah, because the, yeah, because they're drying out they're drying all the tobacco leaves. Yeah, and that so be dried just, very quickly. And so they just had to So they had all that wood. Throw a pig on it. Right? Yeah, or several. <laughs> so it's a very interesting episode. Um I suggest watching it. And there's there's critics out there that were shitting on Michael Pollan. Oh, hard. I mean, I understand what what he's he's very the the episode. It doesn't make you feel bad about eating meat. I mean, not at all. It makes you want to eat meat personally. But, but his personal opinion, which is, I mean, I've talked a lot talked about this a lot with my girlfriend. It's like you know, putting shit in your body. You should know where it comes from, mm-hmm. and I that's mean, what he, kind of he's doing. Is he, he does kind of shit on the um, like paleo and raw diet hard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because he talked about yeah he talked about trying to <laughs> try eating a raw diet like uh, chimpanzees and monkeys do. Yeah. All you would do all day is chew. Yeah. And we're not, our jaws are not made to chew that much bark and branch and mm-hmm. leaves. And so we have to cook food over fire. Yes. It makes to it. To break it down. To break it down. <laughs> it's a it's a great episode. Watch it. It's got really good reviews, but, you know, nobody's perfect. There's critics out there and he's pretty highfalutin. There's a good story in there about his pet pig oh, and Martha's Vineyard that he had to. <sighs> He had to let James Taylor borrow. God, I just, yeah. You ain't ain't about that life. Whatever. Seriously, dude, you're going to talk about that story? Really? Yeah. So uh, real quickly, we wanted to, since this is, what do do we want to go to? I sent it to you. Yeah, it is um, six environmentally friendly food rules to follow in 2016. Whoop, whoop. Because we are conscious about the environment here at Grow How Long State, mister. We are. Two minutes. That's right. Represent. Yes, this is on Bon Appetit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do you want to read this? You have a bigger screen. Oh, me read it? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. The one fish you should say no to, don't eat bluefin tuna. Literally, there's going to be no more tuna left if you keep eating that shit. Yeah, well, we've been hearing this for like several years now. Overfishing is what's up, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's indigenous tribes everywhere around the world who don't have any work because they've over, you know, companies have come in and overfished their areas. Yeah. And that's how they make a living and survive. Yeah. So and they sh- don't have any food to eat because of that. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, try not to eat uh, too much uh, tuna. Although yeah. I, I love tuna. God, tuna is, is delicious. Yeah, I mean. I mean, there's other kinds of tuna that you can eat, but I mean, like. You know, just just steer clear of the bluefin, or just try some of the lesser lesser eaten uh, fish, trout. Yeah, 
It's delicious. I mean, there's a lot of fish. Okay. Uh, not all whole wheat breads are equal. So you <laughs> yes. got to look at the fiber content uh, in in your wheat breads, your so-called uh-huh. wheat breads. Because it says wheat bread just because it's the color of, you know. Just because it's brown. Yeah. Not all brown is the same. You want to aim for 15, <laughs> 15 to 20 grams of fiber in your loaf of bread. Next one is fight food waste. Um, yeah, we waste a shit ton of food. We've talked about it here on the show. Uh, you know, when you're grocery shopping, look and see what you have inside your fridge before you mm-hmm. go and buy a new thing of uh, broccoli or onions or what I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. That's why it's super good. You know, leftovers, make a- man. Make make new dishes out of your leftovers. Yeah. Be conscious of food waste. I I, I really hope we lean towards the. Uh, the way of it being illegal for restaurants or grocery stores to throw away their um, unused produce or dairy that we can find ways to feed school children or the homeless or something. Yeah. That's why I really like the, uh, uh, that store in France that has the ugly produce. Cause that's also one of the, I believe it's that... illegal. I believe it's illegal in France. I think I've said this on the show before for them. You can't throw away your produce. Yeah. Um, questions that uh, questions you should ask your uh, at the farmers market if you go to a farmers market. I suggest we're trying to get a farmers market to sponsor our show. Yeah. Um, are these organic? How are they grown? Do you use pesticides? And if you do, how often? Don't be judgmental. Um, yeah, some people use um, pesticides. You know, it helps kill bugs, yeah. and it's okay. Um, yeah, that's what technology's for. But if they're yeah. spraying it all the time. You might not want to. Yeah. Once a year, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Um, You can't buy organic everything. Uh, Prioritize your dairy products, then your fruits, vegetables. Um, For eggs, look for pasteurized, raised. Pasteurized. Pasteurized. I can't read today. Mm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You got to pick your battles. Yeah. Um, It's expensive. And then, yeah, it's okay to eat meat. Yeah. I love meat. Oh God, it's so I, I, I want to cut so back. Good. I want to cut back. And I have a lot of friends who are former vegetarians, former vegans. Me too. And they are stepping back into because labeling now. They know where their meat comes from. Um, you can go to a farmer's market, but it, it's a treat for them. You know, once or twice a week, maybe. I don't, I, I don't want to shit on meat, but... It's really fucked up, man. I was listening to a podcast the other day called Tax Season. Or I mean, I've, I've, Russell Simmons been, has been all around. He wrote he wrote a book that's out now called The Happy Vegan. He's trying to get all these black males in the ghetto to mm-hmm. start finding alternate alternate options for eating meat because everybody's dying of heart, you know, their heart cholesterol levels are out the uh-huh. roof, diabetes, and it's giving people colon cancer, and it's because they're shoving shit in their bodies. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel. I have to read more into it. I, I, yeah. My girlfriend I mean, gets on me all the time about the way I eat. I know. If you eat, like, it's true. If you eat too much meat, then it is not good for you. Like, you should definitely cut back, you know, at least if, if you're going to eat meat every night of the week, at least cut back on your portion I, size. You know, like, it's, you got to be know. conscious I mean, I about it, at least a little bit. I'm with eating meat, man. I mean, I have no problem eating meat all the time, like. Problem is you don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to shit on meat. I don't want people out there to ever think I'm shitting on meat because oh, I never because it's so good. I am a meat. I, I am it. a meat and cheese kind of dude. I love it. Um, and so we are talking about uh, healthy meats. We're going to go into our ingredient of the week. Yes. Bam. 
Uh, so we're going to do good old healthy pork butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do pork butt. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go first? Go for it. Because you're trying to figure your shit out. Oh, no, I got it written down. I'm going to do uh, a pretty simple pork butt in a slow cooker. All right. You're going to get three pounds of pork butt. You're going to hack it up in large chunks. Um, you are going to need two uh, bottles of Coke, Mexican Coke, that is, with real oh, sugar in it. Delicious. You're going to need one large onion diced. You're going to need two chipotle peppers sliced thin. Depending on how spicy you want it, you can take the seeds out, leave the seeds in. Um, I'd say get dried chipotle peppers, re- mm-hmm. rehydrate them. I don't know, whatever you want to do. You want two limes. You want to squeeze the juice out of those limes. Um, you need two cloves of garlic that are minced and about four dashes of canola oil. And then you're going to salt and pepper to taste. Oh, I also wanted to add a split of vanilla bean. Yes. One vanilla bean split down the middle. Okay, now what you are going to do is you're going to toss that canola oil into... A cast iron pan, heavy, big cast iron pan. You can do deep, you can do shallow. I don't care as long as you get the pork butt in there. Uh, you want to heat up that um, canola oil, maybe till it's smoking. Yeah, whatever. Smoking. Smoke it. Uh, you want to toss that in there. You want to sear it off, get it nice and uh, crispy golden brown on the outside. I don't know, even dark. I don't shit. I don't dark. Know. Yeah. And then you want to pull that, you want to pull that. Uh, pork butt out of there. Throw it in your slow cooker. Uh, then you want to toss in your onions, your peppers, your garlic. Um, you know, let that cook off. Get translucent, whatever. Don't burn it. Um, and then you want to hit it with the lime juice. Scrape up all. You want to deglaze the pan with the. You want to scrape up all the shit off the bottom. Deglaze it with the Coca Cola. Um, let that heat heat up. Maybe reduce a little bit. You don't even have to let it reduce a little bit. Throw in your vanilla bean. Toss that over the pork butt that is in the slow cooker. And you want to cook that on high for about six hours. And then you want to come home and you want to pull your chunks out. You can shred them. They're going to fall apart anyway. Yeah. Um, I even told her, I mean, eat it. Carnitas, whatever the hell you want to do with it. I don't really care. Um, Because I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do with it. (laughs) And I'm going to devour it. But I was talking about taking that... um, Taking that marinade that we had that we cooked it in and making a sauce out of it. So you could toss that and you could strain out all the peppers and the onions and stuff in it. Or shit, leave them in. Put in a Vitamix or a Roboku. Mm-hmm. Mm, what should we add in there to lighten it up? Hmm. A guave nectar? That would be nice. I don't know. An orange juice? Whatever. Have fun with it. Play around with it. That's my recipe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Salt and pepper to taste. I've already said yeah. that. Taste your shit. I don't know. <laughs> if it don't taste good, don't tell them I told you to make it. Don't blame it on my, my show. <laughs> Plus, we've been getting really good feedback about some of the recipes. Some good, some bad. People are like, your recipe sucked. And I'm like, yeah, go get, go make your own shit. Don't talk shit to me. <laughs> go ahead, Hello. What you got? Okay. Um, I'm also going to do a braise. So... Also, you know, nice big chunks of uh, pork butt, three pounds. Um, Cast iron pan. Once again, get your pan nice, smoking hot with canola oil. Sear each side, like uh, like Robbie said. Is that a whole pork butt? Three pounds. Like a a whole, yeah. Sounds a lot like my recipe. So far, (laughs) as one does with a braise, it's very similar. (laughs) <laughs> um, 
Okay. Uh, so you want to get a um, uh, a nice pot that this will all fit in for your oven. Preheat your oven to 450 degrees. Um, so you want some either a pork stock or a chicken stock, apricot cider, one cinnamon stick, um, like a pinch of cayenne to taste, um, and salt and pepper. And so deglaze the pan with the apricot cider um, or the chicken stock, whichever you prefer, um, and put the um, the pork into your uh, braising pot and cover it all with the liquids. Put it in the oven covered with either foil or the lid and put a timer on for two hours or until it's nice and tender. You can put it on some, when it's done, you can put it on some buns or like anything you want. Rice? Make it rice. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. You know. Yeah. So uh, try not to eat too much meat. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, I'd like to apologize to everybody for not having that show out on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, Very sorry. Shit happens. I mean, I don't care. You know? You want to send me some money, then maybe I'll care. <laughs> but I do appreciate everybody listening, and and people have <clears throat> hit me back about like where's the show, yada yada yada. Yeah, um, I do want to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting us, and yeah, hit us up at uh, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook? What? <laughs> That's a new website, guys. Facebook. You should get on that. I'm not Buy used. To, I'm not used to recording this early. Yeah, it's weird. The sun is still out. I got to go down to art show in Pioneer Square and then come right back down here and record another show. Yeah. Um, Facebook is Grill. How long steak, Mister? Instagram is Grill. How long steak, Mister? Twitter is How long steak, Mister? Uh, you can contact me and hello both of us at uh, Grill. How long steak, Mister? That's Mister M R um, at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're pretty quick to respond on there. Also, we have a subreddit page um, under Grow How Long Steak, Mister. You can go there and you can find me trolling people <laughs> on Reddit. <laughs> well, sometimes. I don't know. No, I'm pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show. It's coming out today. This is live. It's going up in about an hour and a half. I'll see you people later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Grill. How long steak, Mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>